0: I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate
1: and profound effect upon radio listeners.
2: Hooey pleases the boobs a
1: great deal more than sense.
2: Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble!
0: You know, we get intimidated by big things. And it could be literally big. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should rephrase that. But we do—we get intimidated by larger-than-life things, and it could be literally larger-than-life and big. Did you see the photo of the wolf dog on Drudge Report? Yes. Uzi, I think is his name. 86% wolf. No way. Is that real? Yeah, real. it's real. It's real. It was uh at a kill shelter initially and then a wolf sanctuary in Florida took him in. And he's not for adoption because he does have some terminal disease.
1: Massive teeth.
0: Well, and but the photo is that wolf dog smiling like a regular house dog. And it, it's adorable. It's 86% wolf, and then the other percentage is made up of domesticated dogs, something like Husky and German Shepherd. And it is this massive beast mm-hmm. that's just hanging out, having a good time. Now, being 86% wolf, I'd imagine it's got that wild in it still. Mm-hmm. But. Everybody who's seen the photo has kind of reacted like you reacted, Mr. Spotlow. And by the way, welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Joey Clark here, along with Seth Spotlow on a fine Wednesday evening. Woo! How you doing?
1: Yeah, man. How are you?
0: You're wearing your cargo shorts today, I yeah, see. Yeah, man.
1: They're in memorandum of Mr. Wood. Southern Wood? Yeah, Southern Wood. So might know him as 84? Hopefully he's not choking on a chicken steak. Right. right. Drum steak. Eat
0: slowly, sir. Eat slowly. <laughs> But you know, it's one thing to see like a animal that's larger than life or like I saw a tale of a that might be bringing back woolly mammoths soon. Man, using DNA that they found in the permafrost.
1: The what you've described dis- it to me as has made me think I'm I'm thinking about the wrong picture. It's the big wolf next yeah. to the lady, right? Right. That's not fake. No. Wow, man. It's massive. I know. And I thought it was fake, so I just like flipped by it, and I flipped by it twice. Right, and that's how we react to stuff that's
0: kind of, well, what the hell is that? Like, it's got to be, and especially in this day and age where things can be easily photoshopped, photoshopped. and faked. And have you seen the deep fake technology? Somebody did a, a speech, I think, made by Jennifer Lawrence, but they put Steve Buscemi's mm-hmm. face on it. That stuff is freaky. Now, I'm not that worried because if you can create software that makes deep fakes, you can also create software that can tell if it's a deep fake.
1: Ah, okay. So
0: you could probably have filters that can alert you to fake videos or fake photos. But think about somebody like myself, or not just me. Think of Greg Budel. Oh, no. How many hours a day does Greg Budel talk into this microphone? Or any podcaster or talk Mm. radio host around the country? We have talked so much in a recorded format that somebody could probably take all the stuff we've ever said, put it into a program, and create a, a personality, if you will. It would You could probably tell if you actually knew me that that's not actually Joey, but that freaks me out that somebody could mimic me with artificial intelligence and brilliant audio software. So, it's a crazy world, and you're right to
1: go, is that fake? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like today. You know what's happened today to everybody? Hmm. Their phones are out of whack. Yeah, I've noticed this. Everybody's. Like, posting on the Book of Faces and whatnot? My Mine kicked me out. Um, right. Mm-hmm. Somebody sent me a phone number, and it had uh, weird digits in it.
0: Yeah, there's been weird stuff going on today. And it's everybody's.
1: Stuff. But imagine if you saw that wolf...
0: Like just somebody walking it on a leash down the street. How would you react? Can I pet your dog? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might be a violent reaction. It might be the fight or flight response. Well, that's why you ask. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm way over here. Hey, can I pet your dog? <laughs> well, and people get worked up. They don't know how to respond to that sort of thing. And you know, something else that elicits the fight or flight response, mostly fight response. Trawas. No, not Chihuahuas. Chihuahuas are fairly useless. Not the one that you love. Not that precious little Chihuahua. Not that precious little kitty cat. I mean, if you really love a Chihuahua, even if you love your wolf dog, you could go buy four healthy pets on the Atlanta Highway and go tell Teresa Joey said hi. It's the Village East Shopping Center right next to Faulkner University. Old Skate Haven? Yeah, that's where Old Skate Haven used to be. And, uh, Teresa has set up an incredible place. You want some high-dollar catnip that you didn't grow? Right, they got it. Meowana, meowana. It's very cleverly branded. But mm. I also love this idea that it's a big kick I'm on. You eat all natural, eat real food, as our grandparents and great grandparents called it. You're gonna feel better. Of course, if you don't eat processed crap
1: preservatives. Overly
0: refined crap with all sorts of preservatives mm-hmm. and God knows what else in there, especially if you're getting the bottom of the barrel stuff from a big box store. Who knows what's in it? No, go all natural. Not just for yourself eating healthy, but for your pet. So maybe it is that tiny little chihuahua. And maybe that little body needs the proper sustenance in order to make it be happy and not too yappy and enjoy a long, healthy life because little dogs live a long time. What goes really in do.
1: comes out, and if you give them crap, then it's going to be real bad. I've heard about like cats that ended up with Ooh. thyroid, you know,
0: problems because of bad feeding. I know somebody who adopted this cat has thyroid problems because the initial owner didn't treat it well, didn't feed it the right stuff, fed it whatever the hell it, you know, the cat food. Oh, cat food at the big box. Yeah, no, go buy four healthy pets. Ask Teresa about her all-natural, responsibly-sourced brands. Ask her about treats like and hey, The Very, chicken crack. The chicken crack. The hen-credible, that is, oh, chicken jerky that is ready for dogs, cats like it. too. humans even like it? R- Rose keeps trying to eat it. Well, I can't blame her. Daddy, what's this? It looks good. <laughs> it does look good. There's so much going on at 4 Healthy Pets. They also have uh, grooming services, so stop them by on atlanta highway the Villagey shopping center tell teresa joey said hi or visit them online at four healthypetsonlinecom again that's for healthy pets you can go to the website and find all the specials for the month of march here a lot of great things going on and you'll as you get to know teresa you realize i'm not steering you wrong we're not steering you wrong it's a great shop a great small business here in the river region it's a place to go to help out and make sure you're pets are healthy and happy, so you are healthy and happy. But we react to things sometimes with immense negative emotion, like when it's just not going our way. Have you ever been in the place where you're having such a bad day that when you see somebody having a good day, you want to punch him in the face. If not, like, set him on fire. (laughs) Like, immolation, bad boy. Mm. Stop smiling in my presence. Like, I've been in those foul moods. I'm not in that mood tonight. But I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, you're in such a bad place that you see people that you think have it good. Everybody's got problems. But, yeah, some people have it good. And you get resentful. You get angry. And you almost want to... Misery loves company. You want to take out that misery on somebody else. Or maybe it's a competition. And, like, oh, a team does. beats you. And we're taught to be good sports and athletics, but it doesn't always hold true. Shaking that hand a little it's hard. It's like, I, you know, business competitors, you don't want to get me started. When I worked at the skating rink industry at Fun Zone before it was hit by that tornado, oh, the rivalry between the <laughs> skating rink owners and the rumors they would spread about each other. Some, true. And it was, oh, Ooh, ooh, it was like a wrestling promo, brother, brother. It was unreal. But there's something going on in politics right now. It's a trend on both the left and the right, and it's a trend in the populist circles of the left and the right. Where they're looking at successful big business as it going on that is beating out a lot of competitors. And yes, the a what is the famous economist Joseph Schumpeter funny last name Schumpeter, it's fun to say he talked about creative destruction that when the market or business, whatever, creates a new product, it will displace maybe other products that it's the car comes along and the horse and buggy industry goes out of business pretty quick. This is the nature of things. But largely, this is an improvement. Imagine somebody came up with some sort of technology where you would never have to go to the dentist again. You could just have clean teeth if you use this product. Dentists wouldn't like it, but it would be largely better for the human race, probably cheaper, more efficient. And people that are brilliant right now and hardworking in the dentistry realm would have to find new things to do. And that sucks. But I think freedom and innovation largely takes us to a better place. It's innovation, that's what it is. But think about uh, one word. And again, I'm seeing this in the populist left and right. Monopoly. Now we've all played the game Monopoly. That game. Even though it's just fake money. Fake little houses. Did they change up the little, like, Players, or yeah,
1: they I think they took one away and they added something dumb.
0: Yeah, I always liked the thimble, like the way that thimble felt in always, my fingertips for always, some reason. Anyway, anyway, playing that game, people get heated, and that's just a stupid board game.
1: No, it's not,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it gets cutthroat. Mm-hmm. But number one, I think it's a false understanding of the economy. That There's only so many limited spaces. There are only so many slices of the pie, if you will. And certain people get on those spaces, they own those spaces, and they charge people for coming into
1: those spaces. The difference between Monopoly and how it is... There are rules in Monopoly. Well, there are rules in Monopoly,
0: but there's also the way a modern economy in a free society should work is that you create wealth. You grow the pie. You constantly keep growing the pie. It's not that we're just divvying up the spoils. People figure out new things. They figure out a better way uh, of doing something completely new. Or they look at somebody across the street who's maybe making pizza. It's like, I can make pizza. And I could do it better with this little twist on it, with my personality and my skills. People emulate and copy each other. They also, like I said before, create new things. And this might displace another business. But it's this idea, this word called monopoly that really gets people going. And I'm hearing that drumbeat right now on the left and the right. That some of these companies, especially these companies in the tech sector, like Google... Facebook, Twitter—they're
1: too big, they're too powerful, they're—they're they're too successful. Where was this like five years ago, ten years ago?
0: Well, number one, they were barely in existence five. Well, they were in existence five years ago, but Google and Facebook and Twitter aren't that old. Number one, Google's pretty. Uh, Google Google's back- been around since Google's the the initial. Tech boom. It
1: was AOL and Google or something.
0: But here's the thing. The idea that we have around monopoly, and is in my opinion, look at the history of antitrust litigation. Like, standard oil is too big in controlling, controlling the oil market in the United States. That's the original case. But if you actually look into the history, or Microsoft, around uh, when... Literally, the government is trying to take down Microsoft because when you install Windows, they give you a free web browser called Internet Explorer. Number one, who still uses Internet Explorer? I guess some people.
2: But My boss.
0: <laughs> right. Some people do. it; It is built in. Right. But they're saying this is unfair advantage because they're giving people something for free. And now, like, what is it, Uh, Apple's Netscape or or Netscape can't compete or Safari can't compete and all these other web browsers can't compete. So that's an unfair advantage. Oh, no, they just suck. Well, and here's the thing, folks. When I look at any time I start hearing populist movements in particular talk about we're going to break up the trust and we're going to take down these monopolistic companies that have too much power, maybe, maybe not. I think the theory is largely ridiculous on how they came up with that antitrust legislation. Economic theory is ridiculous. It's some perfect competition model. And I won't bore people with that idea, but it's it doesn't fit the real world by any means. But when I look at when, say, the government, Federal Trade Commission, or any other company starts to complain that certain other companies are becoming too monopolistic, I think there's something a foot mhm some cynical play or ploy
1: in our midst it's too obviously obviously a trick
0: right it makes me think Oh, that particular politician calling for, say, Google to be broken up is actually in the pocket of some other company that wants to see Google broken up. That person that wants to break up Facebook and wants to break up Twitter or all these other sites, they, it's not going to end up with, like, oh, clear free competition. It's going to end up with government picking winners and losers.
1: Which is probably, like, Facebook, and they're going to knock everybody off, but Facebook's still going to be alive.
0: right. And the way, again, this theory they've come up with to deem somebody a monopoly, like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you're a successful business, there's no way, the way they've come up with this theory, for you to claim I'm not a monopoly. So think about like you could raise prices too high, lower prices too low, or keep prices the same. There's an old economist joke. It kind of should remind people of an old Soviet Union joke. But it's an old economist joke, and I'll, I'll tell you it right now, Seth. There are three prisoners in jail together, in prison together in the United States. They were all in jail together for economic crimes of violating monopoly laws. First guy says that he charged higher prices than anyone else, and so the government accused him of price gouging and profiteering. Hmm. The second guy said that he charged customers lower prices than anyone else on the market and so the government accused him of predatory and cutthroat pricing. And the third guy in jail, in prison, said that he charged the same prices as everyone else and the government accused him of collusion and price fixing. (laughs) So it's in my mind a Ridiculous theory that doesn't actually lead to more competition, but does lead to more cronyism. And what would be the ultimate irony, folks, that in the name of standing up for the little guy and the populist against these big established corporate behemoths and standing up to the establishment politicians who have their pockets full of all these big companies' money... Then the name of taking down all these powerful people, we just make them even more powerful and create new cronies. And the establishment, though the faces and the names may change, is still there. And that's what I'm worried is going to happen. Because we get this idea, number one, when people talk about, oh, Google's too powerful, all these companies are powerful, they are powerful. There are things Facebook has done I don't like, like selling private information. There's probably things Google has done and will probably too that I don't following like. Following you
1: everywhere you go.
0: And there are, I think, discrete ways of handling those problems. But the best thing is market competition. And we'll see where that goes. But I... Think people when they call, like Elizabeth Warren recently came out and said she wants to break up all these tech companies. What people forget when they're calling for these private companies are too monopolistic is that you're going to be relying on the most monopolistic institution in human history, and especially in the United States, the government. If you want to account for why certain companies, certain crony corporations have so much power, if you want to account for why so much of the system seems rigged, don't just look at the big corporation. Look at the source of their power. Because I'm sorry, when people complain about Coca-Cola, or they complain about Walmart, or they complain about Amazon, or they complain about Google, they're not really complaining over the fact that Amazon provides you almost any good on Earth for a very low cost. They're not complaining about Walmart being down the street in the sense that, oh, look, you can buy things in bulk, again, at a very low cost. Oh, how dare Google give me access to all of known human knowledge for free? That's not what people are complaining about. They seem to be complaining about, and if, well, if you are complaining about that, I think you should check yourself uh, I, I don't know why you'd be that upset. How dare, again, Google give us all this stuff for free. Okay,
1: Google kicked out the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and that's what people are upset, is the creative destruction. Walmart, mom-and-pop shops, where are they at? I mean, like, Walmart's every freaking block, man. Right. And to so many places. Why? Well, and it, it does displace other businesses. And
0: if that happened, I get why people are upset. But I think that is, there's no utopia here. We're, we're denied heaven on this side of the Garden of Eden, all right? We, we don't get it. Adam and Eve ate the damn fruit. The snake tricked them. Like, we're falling. We're not going to get to that utopian place. I don't care how much you break up big companies or fix prices or subsidize the little guy. Ain't going to work, folks. And I think the more that we keep running to big brother government in order to make things fair, while never questioning the monopoly power of the government itself... The the situation will only get worse and worse. And it's something I hear all the time. Public versus private. You had private companies and public institutions like government. Well, here, they always think, oh, that's the crucial distinction between government and business. One's private, one's public. Well, but no. It's not private versus public. After all, business often serves the public. Walmart, Amazon, all these companies serve the public. That's how they make their money. And, ironically, government often serves private interests. That's another reason people are upset at these big corporations. And it is true. They get special deals in the law. They get special privileges in law. They have some lobbyist that makes the big bucks going in and donating into all these politicians' super PACs and victory packs and campaigns. And so they're bought and paid for. It's the old. That's what actually is pissing people off. And it goes both ways, by the way. You try having a business as successful as Amazon and not have a lobbyist in DC. They will eat you. They will tear you to bits if you don't have a means of protecting yourself. That, it's not just that corporations and rich people buy to politicians. politicians and government extort rich people. So it goes both ways. So what's the crucial distinction? Because government often serves private interest, and private business often serves the public. The crucial difference between government and the so-called private sector is impunity. The ability to assault, kill, defraud, well actually compel, <laughs> compel you legally without much consequence. That's what impunity is, if any consequence. I call that big boying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. The more government and business become intermingled, the more the law becomes a tool of privilege for private and public players alike, rather than a defensive measure for the equal liberty and dignity for all. Like when I think of the law, says so like, what is the ideal law to me? I don't know if we'll get there anytime soon, but if I, where I'm making laws, my ideal situation. With government, is that the government can only do what I'm allowed to do as an individual person. So, what are we allowed to do? It's upheld in the Second Amendment. We're allowed to defend ourselves. And if there's some major threat, like an army from another country or somebody is defrauding customers, like Wells Fargo a couple of years ago, they had people sign up for accounts and they took out accounts in those people's names. Very, very wrong. They should be making those people they defrauded and ruined their credit and reputation. They should be making those people whole plus something. Make them whole plus damages. But that's not how this works. It should be that as simple as we have a right to defend ourselves, the government has the right to help us defend ourselves. But what's happened is now the government has become sort of like the, seen as the dynamo, is like the, the true place where all the decisions that engineer and mold society, it's the central planning right. <laughs> and luckily we're not in a ridiculous situation like China. Like China is very intermingled with private enterprise and the state communist party over there. We're nowhere near that, and thank God for that. But, this is why I think so many people are upset with companies like Google or any big corporation. Like, There's a list that came out recently of the most unpopular companies. Oh. The most unpopular company, and this warmed my heart. Now, I don't know the people's particular reasons. It might turn my heart cold. But just the headline, the most unpopular company McDonald's.
1: was... No. Facebook. No. Walmart. Keep going. Uh, oh. Uh, Twitter. No. What Think is... bigger. Bigger. Uh, like a real leviathan.
0: Um. It employs millions of people, including government.
2: people in yes! government. Did I get yes! it? Government. Ah yes, Woo! Uh, yes. <laughs> yes! Woo!
0: The government was made the most unpopular company. But what happens if you're upset with big corporations, if you're upset with the government, the reason they can act with so much impunity, what should be criminal, but is legal, unfortunately, is they've found a loophole in the system. If you wish to do criminal things but not really break the law, make the law a matter of something you own. If you want to be above the law, be the one who's making the law, baby. Mm -hmm. That is dirty. It's at this point, though, that I step back and I wonder, are we actually going to come to our senses about this? I don't think we are. For instance, again, Elizabeth Warren, I can't stand the woman. She wants to break up Amazon, Google, Facebook, and even Apple. Because they're just too big and successful.
1: This may, this reminds me of a when what was it, Facebook first came out, and they took something for the first time up to the courts up there, and then the guys that were up there, they had no clue what it was, and they thought it was something completely different, and they were talking about it. Right. And it was just that age gap. And it doesn't seem right, man. Well, also, here's the
0: thing, folks. It's not a static situation. The market is dynamic. It's always changing. So if you look at, like, the Fortune 500... Like the top 500 companies in the country and the world from 50, 60 years ago. And then you look at the Fortune 500 list from today. My guess is you might have 50 or so companies out of the 500 who were there 50, 60 years ago. But a lot of companies that were on that list don't exist anymore. And companies on the list today didn't exist. They just came into being, like these new tech companies. So, things change with the market. You don't need the heavy hand of government getting involved. And you don't need to make it the central plank of your campaign. I think it's just opening up more and more abuses in the name of helping the little guy. It, essentially, folks, we're being played as useful idiots. That we think these folks like Elizabeth Warren are going to get in there and they're going to break up the big bad banks and companies. Bernie Sanders wants to break up the banks too. And don't get me started. The banks get all sorts of ridiculous privileges. There, are, There's a lot to be you know, left to be desired when it comes to the banking system in the United States of America, beginning with that so-called private institution, the Federal Reserve. I like Ron Paul's remedy. Let's audit the Fed, show the people what mm-hmm. they've actually been up to, mm-hmm. and then maybe we can reform the Fed, if not end it. <gasps> we can't do that. Yeah, we could, That's but how you do it and you follow the rules, right oh, fire. But if we're upset about monopoly power, then we need to direct our anger, our resentment towards the actual source of pretty much all monopoly power. I could get into a conversation. There are a few exceptions. There are things like a certain amount of a natural resource in an area. That's why you get water companies that are one company, and they're regulated in a way. I mean, there's, there's exceptions. There are things like Google is one of the first ones to jump into this essentially search engine, engine data market. And so they're the most powerful player for now. But if you want to look at the most persistent monopolies that don't tend to change, unless you are actually willing to get on the streets and start firing your guns at them, you look at government. Look at what's going on in Venezuela. Most of the people don't like that government in Venezuela. But they're still around. Because they have a monopoly on, well... If you don't like what they say, they can compel you to like what they say. And if you continue not to like what they say, they might kill you or lock you up. We have to keep our eye on the ball that in most of human history, and this is what Adam Smith, classic economist, what most economists, when we started moving towards freer markets and we had all this prosperity since the year 1800, when they talked about monopoly, what they're mostly talking about is a company given a major grant of privilege by the government. So we need to keep our eye on the ball that the monopoly power of the government is something that should be resented. It's something that should be resisted. It's something that should be brought down a peg. There's a role for it. In some ways, there are some good things government does. But it's doing too much. And it will not. It is a fool's errand to think the government will make things fair by taking down big, successful companies that you might not like for whatever reason. It's a dangerous road to go down. Let's not play with that fire. But here's a fire we should play with, because this guy is fire. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. He can help you buy that dream home. Maybe as it warms up, spring's getting a little warmer Mm, here, summer. Pontoon boat tours of the beautiful properties up on Lake Martin. Man, that's a great way to see Mm. your next retirement home or dream place. It's a great way. You don't have to go through all the winding roads. You just get on the pontoon boat, cruise across the lake, go to this property, that property. Or if you're looking to sell your home, maybe that family's growing, you got to get a bigger place. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group can help you. He can help you fix your home up so you can get top dollar on the market, do a successful open house so you can get that home off the market very quickly. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's changed a lot of people's lives with his expertise. He's changed his own life. So if you're looking to buy or sell your home, if you're looking for a full-service, all-around, expert realtor, give Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group a call, 322-0662. Again, that number for Eddie Bader,
1: 322-0662. Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. Well done, Seth. We'll be right back,
2: folks. Joey Clark. Clark,
0: Welcome back, folks. Now, let me be clear. There's stuff that certain big corporations do, usually with the power of government. They get some special privilege or they're working hand-in-hand with the government that I really don't like, and it should stop. There are certain practices that I don't think the government should step in and touch at all. You know how Twitter bans certain people or inherit bias in the tech world because they're based in San Francisco and California. They have a progressive left wing bias
1: without even knowing it at times. Sometimes they do know it. There's like if, stuff. If they were based in Montgomery, right. you wouldn't be surprised if they had a little accent or if they had a conservative. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, I get all this. And there's certain things they've done that they should change their policies. But give it time. Like I do not want the government getting its tentacles into this new world of tech for whatever reason. I do, for instance, I think it was a great sign of progress that they took away the fairness doctrine on the radio. We had to get equal time to the different points of view. Really? What the hell with that? If you're compelling, if you can get an audience, something I'm still working on. You got that, man. No, don't, don't, don't throw that juju out there. Don't, don't curse me
1: like you that. A camera. I'm still working. See those beautiful locks. Yeah,
0: my hair is looking good today, but I'm, I'm still a work in progress. I'm still learning how to do it. Sometimes I'm, I'm too in my own head. I'm working on. It. I'm working on it. I don't want the government trying to pick winners and losers and trying to make things fair in this internet space. What can be said? What not? I mean, there are basic things that make sense. Like, you can't threaten somebody's life. Terroristic threats, you know, threats against somebody else's life. I'm going to dox you. Yeah, and I think companies are getting wise to that. But also, let's keep in mind that things continue to change. The market and our society is dynamic. It wasn't so long ago there was no such thing as Facebook or Amazon or Twitter or Apple.
1: Or the dark web.
0: Right. Life can change quicker than you think. And though we're relying on these technologies now, I have a feeling things might get disrupted even more because of the creative destruction of the market. So let's ride that wave. Now, let's go to the phones. Talk to Josh. Hey Josh, how you doing tonight?
2: Hey Joey, you have... Uh, at least an audience. Of oh, one. I, uh,
0: yeah. well, I yeah. appreciate you listening, man. <laughs> yeah, no worries.
2: Uh, how are y'all,
0: y'all guys doing today? I'm pretty good. Good, man. How are you? I'm a little good, little pie in the sky with this monopoly issue, but it's something I'm seeing. Like, I see a lot of resentf- resentment against big corporations and the government will save us. I'm like, guys, how do you think those big corporations get so
2: powerful? Well, the ACA Act. You know, the government was trying to come in with health care. They're trying to put, put everything in the little loop net and snatch it up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just something we got to rebel against. But, no, I just wanted to call and say what's up to y'all guys. I ain't talked to you in a while.
0: Are You You have been posting a lot of delicious-looking meals on the mm-hmm. Book of Faces. Well, well, that stuff looks
2: great. Well, since the time I've been on hold I'm braising a uh, pork tender one right now to make soft tacos uh, so I am trying to get off
0: the phone oh man I got like 15 minutes still It was nice <laughs> to see you
1: the other night and I believe we discussed Joseph and I coming in eating some of that wonderful stuff out of that cast iron skillet mm.
2: Oh yep yeah. more than welcome more than welcome like I say I got a big big heart and uh, a big belly to fill so I cook a lot of fill uh,
1: food for everybody. Uh, well, I'd love to take you up on that. Rock so. on, man. It'd be nice to hang out with you.
2: Yeah, come on. We'll do that. We'll sow some uh, stuff. It was good to see you the other night, man. Yeah,
1: man. I see you too. We'll do something. Right, bro. Definitely.
0: I appreciate it, Josh. Likewise, y'all. Good evening. Yes, sir. You too. Yeah, he's on to something there. Mm-hmm. He really is. Man, he got that dumb. There. And he's got some good wild game recipes. I've seen them. I mean, that the is.
1: venison looks delicious. Yes. Those pictures are always like, dude. Right. So oh, I've been meaning to do all right.
0: this all week, and I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting because it's so—it's almost like too good. It's like you know something in life; it's too good, and you don't want to bring it up because. It's like, mm-hmm. But I'm kind of giddy, the idea that Joseph Robinette Biden. I don't even know if his middle name, actually, is Robinette. I just like saying that. (laughs) But the the idea that Joseph Robinette Biden is going to be charming, the geriatrics of the Democratic Party, just has me all hot and bothered. I'm giddy. I'm jitty, as Al Sharpton says. Like, I always imagine Joe Biden's main hardcore base is like those... uh, Certain like Uniontown Democrats, older women of a certain age, who maybe have smoked too many cigarettes. Oh, Joe. Joe Biden. Joe, you're such a doll. You're such a strapping, wonderful young man. I know you're in your 70s, but I'm in my 80s. I'm still going strong. I mean, I know that people say there's cancer associated with cigarette smoke, but I do fine. But you tell those dastardly Republicans to keep their hands off my Medicare and you uh, could you be a doll and go get me some cigarettes. Thank you, Joe but the idea that joe biden is actually going to get into this race the man is a gaff machine mr spotlow he says so many things the last time he was vice president it's it's just so good cuz sometimes he get he's not self-aware and he just messes up and you know i i can understand that i do this for a living occasionally i say things i don't mean Occasionally you say things, you're, you're tired, you have a brain fart, so, so to speak. But this guy does it all the time. Just funny things, like when he came out and he was talking about President Obama's foreign policy.
2: And he said this. I promise you, the president has a big stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he said something about one of his old friends. You know, And you might say, my old buddy, my mm-hmm. old pal. We were you know, we were classmates together. We were on the football team together. We used to drink beers in that parking lot, you know. You say stuff about me, oh we 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 sang in the a cappella group in college. It could be even something as fruity as that. No, that's it's not that fruity. What'd he say?
2: He said this. And Neil Smith, an old butt buddy, are you here, Neil? (laughs) Neil, I miss you, man. I miss you. I miss you.
0: Yeah. I bet you do. This is why, folks. I'm so excited for Joe Biden, and he's leading the polls. Like, bring it on, Joe. Bring it on. And then he went to thank at another speech, I believe when he was Veep. He went to thank a doctor in the crowd at a certain college. And let's just say the name he uses isn't exactly the doctor's name, but it was a great corporate ad plug.
2: Thank you, uh... Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor... Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor. Thank you, Dr. Pepper. Thank you, Dr.
0: Pepper. No, but I've saved my favorite. Because this is Joe Biden at his best. It's like the white savior complex at its best. Now, there have been major breakthroughs. We haven't talked about it much, but there's a second patient that appears to be fully cured from HIV.
1: The girl that got Magic Johnson.
0: No. <laughs> Magic has plenty of money. He's not fully cured, though. Now, what they've done, I think it's a bone marrow transplant, which is risky mm. to the donor, the person donating. That sounds painful. They're giving up, yeah, and it is painful. There can be all sorts of complications, but it's a, I think it's a bone marrow stem cell therapy and then a lot of immunosuppressants, and it's worked again. So, amazing breakthroughs in HIV, and they now have drugs that people can take daily that will keep, even if you get HIV, it'll help keep it at bay so it doesn't become a very, very bad situation. Or you can take something that's a a prophylactic. It's like a preventative. I saw the commercials. More than just your usual rubber prophylactic. Uh, Yeah, I've seen those commercials, commercials, That's terrible, man. I don't know how to feel about that. Well, I don't worry about it too much because I'm not. As much as I'd like to, you know, express I that I'm, I'm not out it. there
1: sleeping around. I'm not. Neither am I. am just hermit. Like, but you know, it's saying that hey, it's okay. Take this, and you won't get AIDS. So you can go out here and be a dirty person, and you can get everything else. Well, but back <laughs> in two thousand and eight, two thousand
0: seven when Barack Obama came on the scene. Joe Biden was also running for president. And they were in democratic primary debates. Folks, this is the gold. I know I I get the same way. When Elizabeth Warren starts screaming about breaking up the big banks and Bernie Sanders starts talking about the millionaires and the billionaires. Like I I don't like it. And it's easy to get frustrated. But there's also plenty of humor a lot of fodder for comedy because these politicians say a lot of stupid crap. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Plus, you're going to have Donald Trump tweeting about this stuff. It's going to be glorious. (laughs) So, one of my favorite moments from the 2008 campaign when it was still the Democratic primary is Joe Biden telling people they need to get tested for AIDS. But the way he goes about this is so... Well, just listen. All right. American Presidential Forums on PBS with Tavis Smiley.
2: I spent last summer going through the black sections of my town holding rallies in parks, Mm -hmm. trying to get black men to understand it's not unmanly to wear a condom. Just that right there. Wow. It's like
0: I had to go into these parks and run rallies and explain to these black men... (laughs) <laughs> that it's not unmanly to put a rubber on.
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> let's let's back that up. A Parks oh, wow. trying to get black men to understand it's not unmanly to wear a condom. Getting women to understand they can say no. Getting people in the position where testing matters. Mm-hmm. I got tested for AIDS. I know Barack got tested for AIDS. There's no shame in being tested for AIDS. It's an... Imp- there's no shit.
0: Wow. Now that's the little stupid clip drop I would use. I would say, I got tested for AIDS. Barack got <laughs> tested for AIDS. There's nothing wrong being
2: tested for AIDS. And by the way, I promise you, the president has that big stick. Neil Smith, an old butt buddy. Your- it just writes itself. <laughs> wow. But Joe
0: continues. I'll back it up a little bit. We
1: should play a game called, like, before this next. Coming, little season is up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. What medication are they on? <laughs> <laughs> maybe Vivance, maybe yeah.
0: Adderall, maybe cocaine. We can guess. Yeah, I mean, it can, could be anything. Yeah,
2: let's let's vodka. Let's keep hearing out Joe Biden. Position where testing matters. I got tested for AIDS. Right. I know Barack got tested for AIDS. There's no shame in being tested for AIDS. Keep watching the it's screen. an important Seth. thing because the fact of the matter is, Wakeford, in the community, Al and the community's engaged in denial. They're engaged in denial. No one wants to talk about it in the community. And we do not have enough leaders in the community and outside Mm. the community. Look at that. There's Hillary Uh Clinton in a pantsuit. It doesn't look Mm. like she
0: she looks a little thinner there. I guess the last campaign was stressful. (laughs) Yeah, you think it was stressful?
2: Uh, Losing to Donald Trump? Uh, Just a little bit. Let's, let's keep going. We face the reality, confront the men in the community, as well as the women, mm-hmm. letting them know so, there are alternatives. Thank you.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> <I am> wow. <laughs> what we're laughing at. Look up the clip, folks. Joe Biden ate Just on YouTube. <laughs> And you wait till the end of the clip, you hear the crowd applauding kind of hesitantly because he's essentially saying, I'm the one who's going to tell black people you must be responsible and get tested for AIDS. You're in denial. Good Lord. He's been I mean, holding rallies in parks. It's just one thing wow. I've learned, and maybe it's just me. I don't like running, like Montgomery's majority black African-American city. Like I would never, whether I was black or I'm the skin color I am. Some, what am I today? I'm pretty vampiric. I'm pretty You're pasty, dude. Pretty. Pasty. I'm always under. Un- anyway, it doesn't matter. I wouldn't be going into like this is what the black community needs to do. What? No. Who would say that? People. Good people lord. People are people. People are people. Number one, yes. But like, the, just the the way people talk to their constituency. It's. Icky, and it's Joe Biden, but it's also like how people talk about the middle class. Like, oh, we're going to help you, and I know your life is so helpless, and and I'm your champion. Like, God, give me a break with that condescending crap. But anyway, Joe Biden is going to be a godsend because I think he's getting in to the campaign. Can you imagine him arguing with Bernie Sanders? Oh. But then you now have this aspect, because we're post-hashtag Me Too. So, like, you know, Kirsten Gillibrand, who, by the way, she has cut her teeth on the issue of sexual assault. Taking on military commanders about issues of sexual assault that are real problems endemic in the military. She's taken it on, on all this Me Too stuff. Like, when Al Franken was kicked out of the Senate and he resigned. Like, she has made it her issue. What's happened to Kirsten Gillibrand recently? This is how it's going to get so nasty, folks, and be entertaining if not sad.
1: Did she grope some dude?
0: No, she didn't grope anybody. But a female staffer quit, claiming that a senior male member of Kirsten Senator Gillibrand's staff was sexually harassing her and Gillibrand did nothing to stop
1: it. Ooh, it's not like she didn't know.
0: No, I don't know the facts of the case. I'm not sure what happened there. But that's the sort of political fighting we're going to see. So I'm wondering if old Uncle Joe here, Joseph Rodnett Biden, and give me those cigarettes, honey. If he runs, and I think he will, I wonder if any allegations come out against him. You know? Because he's also known for being handsy. Not, like, grabbing butts or boobs or anything. He's known for, though, giving, like, the, the creepy old guy massage. I think it's one thing if it's, like, you'll love, uh, you're watching TV just, and they massage you.
1: But it's still creepy old guy massage. And everything we just saw right there was creepy old guy talk. Yeah. And I, th- his medication's going to go up. <laughs> Same <laughs> so with, with medication. And then
0: they're going to be... You know <laughs> the, yeah. the patent on, uh... Vigrency Alice has expired. Maybe that's
1: that's. The hey, right. we got Blue Chew now. Yeah, it's like uh, you know how Flintstones for little kids. Right? right. Yeah, I've heard all about. Yeah, it makes. Her I bone listen hard. to wrestling podcast. All right,
0: <laughs> they advertise the hell out of that crap. Um, yeah, just I wonder, is Joe Biden going to call it? Is it something you know, Bernie Sanders weird thing? He used to write this odd erotic fiction. I, I don't even want to Curb say your it. enthusiasm no no odd erotic fiction where he would write women who had rape fantasies oh that's wow which i I can't believe it hasn't taken him down before it's just maybe people could justify it I guess
1: but it's just weird, weird. yeah it's weird man and it's it'd be one thing
0: if it was a woman writing those yeah. fantasies like but for Buddy Sanders, I visited the Soviet Union. They have bread lines. It's beautiful.
1: What do you think you went over there for? Paid a lot of money and you got to do that. No, I went to on my honeymoon. My lovely wife.
0: She, uh, we we always had a fantasy, not that. There were two of them in the beginning. No, not that. Get your mind out of the gutter, Mr. Spotlow. What? We had a fantasy. After getting married, we visited Moscow. (laughs) They went to Moscow for their honeymoon. It's unreal. But it's will something come out about Bernie Sanders? Will the, the women be fighting each other? Because I know women never fight each other. <laughs> like th- It's going to be so entertaining. And yes, though there are serious issues in the future of the country and all that crap's at stake, there's going to be so much entertainment. We have front row seats, ladies and gentlemen, to the freak show. We need to make a
1: board or something.
0: And it'll be <laughs> here before you know it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So focus, if you're focused on monopoly power and corruption, and you want to direct your resentment somewhere, direct it at the ultimate monopoly power of the government. And while we're directing that resentment at the monopoly power of the government, let's sit back and enjoy the ride, because this campaign is going to be hilarious. So thank you, folks. and uh, Thank
2: you, uh, Dr. Pepper. Yes,
0: thank you, Dr. Pepper. Thank you, Joe Biden. It's Dr. Spotlow. And again, thank you Mr. Spotlow. Thank you, man. And thank you for listening, folks. I'll be back tomorrow night.
1: Joey Clark.